Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so glad you've joined us today on this Bible study. This this time that we're going to spend in the Word of God is some of the best investment you will ever make with your time. Because if you will take time from the busyness of life uh, so that the cares of this life and other things entering in will not choke the Word from your life, you and I will become fruitful according to the Scripture 30, 60, and 100 fold, and all of that to the glory of God and of our Savior and our Sovereign, Jesus Christ. So we've asked the Holy Spirit to come and help us today. We're talking about uh, seven hindrances to answers prayer. There are actually more than seven, but seven of them seem to be a, a number that uh, is God's number of completion, perfection, and he, although there are more uh, than that that we could enumerate some of them overlap i am excited today i'll go further than that i'm extremely excited about answered prayer when god shows up and god shows out (laughs) the world will know that our god is the true and the living god he said he said call upon me and i will show you mighty things which thou knowest not in the that's in the old covenant jeremiah 33 3 uh, in and in the new covenant uh, god says through the holy spirit and through the apostle uh, that he, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or we ask. These are these mighty things that we have never imagined and we have never seen, but are, are, are possible to us because all things are possible with God. And the scripture goes on to say that all things are possible to him that believeth. Praise God. So we, we want to, we want to explore these hindrances to answered prayer because we need our prayers answered and God wants to answer our prayers. Amen. I, I, I want to reiterate that to you again. God wants to answer our prayers. He's a good, good father. Yes, he is. And Jesus is a loving, compassionate savior. And I believe in answer to prayer, we're going to see a last day move of the Holy Spirit in answer to prayer. Praise God. And that's why the devil is working overtime to try to hinder our prayers and and get us turned wrong in attitude or activity with God so that prayers cannot be legitimately, legally answered without violating spiritual law. Said it last week. I've got to say it again this week. The law giver cannot and will not be the lawbreaker. Now, the devil knows that, and he knows something else, too. He knows there's nothing too hard for God. He knows that God will keep every single promise that He's ever made to us. 
if we will not only believe Him for that promise, but that we will be in a position and a posture wherewith He can keep the promise without violating His own laws that He's laid down. And there are things that can hinder prayer. There are things that can stop prayer from being answered and we want to eliminate these things so God can come through and be glorified we get the good of the answered prayer God gets the glory for the answered prayer so it's a win-win when we're able to pray and God is able not not in terms of anything being impossible but God is able because there's nothing in our heart and nothing in our life that would keep him from answering our prayer now, I want to read a scripture from Mark 11:23 through 25 you'll recognize the context for this text Jesus said for verily and this is about answered prayer now listen to me carefully for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith now if we stop right here then this is just a faith issue to see a mountain move or a need met. It's only a faith issue. So all we have to do is build our faith to that pinnacle that that God will respond to. Listen to me carefully. This scripture is not through. There is more to come. So Mark eleven twenty three through 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what those so things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now listen to verse 25. And when you stand praying with all of this faith in your heart listen and when you stand praying forgive if you have aught against any that your father which is also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses friend of mine we're talking today about the sixth of the seven reasons for unanswered prayer and it is unforgiveness and unforgiveness in the heart of a Christian hinders the answer to his prayers. A grudge, a root of bitterness, or even hate, it may be, it may be blocking the answer to my prayers or your prayers. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we are given the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, or the pattern for us to pray. And in that model prayer, the Savior taught us to say daily, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. Listen to the contingency here. Contingent upon our forgiveness of others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our debt as we, as we forgive our debtors. When we stand praying, forgive if we have aught against any. Because if we don't forgive men their trespasses, we're assured that the Father 
will not forgive our trespasses. And that's why the enemy works overtime to try to get us in that area of unforgiveness. Now, I know there's someone saying right now, you don't understand what was done to me. You don't understand what I have been through, what people have done to me. Listen, this is not about what people have done to you. This is about what Jesus has done for you. I want to say that loud and clear again. This is not about what someone has done to you or to me. This is about what Jesus has done for us. And the Bible said that that we should forgive for His sake. It says it this way in the New Covenant. If God, for Jesus' sake, not, not because we deserved anything but punishment and banishment from the presence of God, but if God, for Jesus' sake, forgave us, we ought to forgive one another. And I want to to put it in, in these terms today. We ought to forgive others for His sake, just like God has forgiven us for His sake. You know, Jesus cried from the cross. One of the most famous quotes of forgiveness is found in the Bible in Luke 23 and verse 34, which reads, Then said Jesus, and He said it in agony, on the cross, and he said this statement when they sat down and got sick pleasure in watching him squirm on that cross and hearing him gasp for breath and seeing the blood running down from, from his back that had been so torn up before he was put on the cross and his, 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 his forehead and, and his, his wounds in his hands and his feet. And the, the flogging that he had received, they sat down and watched him. And they said things insulting to him. If you're the son of God, then come down from there. Even one of the thieves on the cross said to him, If you're really who you say you are, come down, save yourself and save us. Listen to me carefully today. For his sake, I have been forgiven. If you are a Christian today, for Jesus' sake, not because you or I or anyone else is worthy of the blood of Jesus, but thank God we've been made worthy through the blood and because of the shed blood of Jesus so that we could be forgiven. Oh, friend of mine today, this is such an important message because there are so many even Christians who are are justifying unforgiveness and saying you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what I have been through. You're asking me to do something that I cannot listen. There's no such thing as cannot for a believer. There is will not even for a child of God. But there is no cannot. The Apostle Paul said, I can and do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And it's not talking about gifts of the Spirit. It's not talking about great spiritual exploits. It's not talking about laying hands on the sick or casting out devils or, or walking on the water. Listen, it means literally I am equal to anything through Christ which strengthens me. 
Friend, if, if grace is sufficient, and it is, and if God gives us power beyond our own ability, you see, if you will to do the right thing, God will help us supernaturally to do the right thing. And the right thing, in fact, it is the, the only thing, the only option we have is forgiveness. We can't hold a grudge. Uh, I like what the Amplified says here in Second Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. And it says, if you forgive anything, I too, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, if you've forgiven anything, anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, I have forgiven anything, has been for your sakes in the presence of and with the approval of Christ the Messiah, to keep Satan from getting an advantage over us. For we are not ignorant, King James says, of his devices, and this is very, very, uh, very clear here in the Amplified. It says we're not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. Well, his wiles is his strategy to deceive and defeat us. And his intention is to get us turned wrong with God so that God can't legally and legitimately answer our prayer because we're walking in, a, a, in an attitude or an activity that disqualifies us by his own laws. You see, he can't stop God. He can't do anything about it. He has no power to hinder and stop God. But he does have power to get us through tempting us and through getting us to justify an attitude of unforgiveness. You see, Paul said, lest there be in any of you and any of us a root of bitterness springing up and troubling us. You know, what started out as unforgiveness goes on in to bitterness. And, and you see this little seedling of unforgiveness continued, and it grows into a mighty, ugly tree, a gnarled tree. Picture that in our life. What, what was once just a seedling is now growing up and giving us trouble. Friend of mine, we can't afford that. I can't afford that. You can't afford that. You know, the question is asked of Jesus, if, if someone does me wrong, how many times must I forgive them? And, and, and Peter thought he was going to be really, really, really benevolent here and compassionate here seven times. And Jesus says, yea, and seventy times seven, if he ask you. Well, what happens if he doesn't ask us? That's when we move into forgiveness for Jesus' sake. Even when some, oh, it's easier to forgive someone who is humble, who is truly, honestly asking for forgiveness. It's a lot harder to forgive some stubborn, hard-hearted person who, who will, hasn't asked and maybe never will ask for forgiveness. But you see, God didn't forgive us because we asked for it initially. 
God was ready to forgive us when we did ask for it for Jesus' sake. And I have forgiven people for Jesus' sake that didn't ask for it and they don't have to ask me for it because I don't want that seed of unforgiveness to turn into a tree of trouble in my life and separate me from that place and posture where God can hear and answer my prayer. That's why Paul told them at Corinth, if you've forgiven somebody, I don't care what they've done. I'm going to go ahead and forgive them too. Lest Satan should gain an advantage over us. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. So listen today. It's so important that we don't just study the scriptures about faith. The Bible said that if you have faith to speak to a mountain and see it removed. But if you don't have love, if you don't have love, you see, love will, uh, will not only allow you to forgive the agape God kind of love. <laughs> it will absolutely compel you to forgive. It will be easy to forgive if we're walking in the light as He is in the light. If we're walking in the truth as He is the truth. If we're walking in love even as Christ. That's why the Bible said, Be ye followers of God. Ephesians chapter 5. Listen, be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Now, synonymous with walking in love is walking in forgiveness. Someone said that you can, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And friend of mine, you can't love without giving to anyone who has wronged you the forgiveness that God so graciously gave you and gave me through Jesus Christ. So important today that you and I Walk in this so the devil doesn't get an advantage of the, uh, over us. And forgiveness should start right now. That's why the Bible said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. This is not 24 hours. This is 12 hours. If it, if it started that morning, anywhere it started, before we go to sleep at night, we are to operate in forgiveness because putting off forgiveness only deepens the wound. I want to say that again. Putting off forgiving only deepens the wound. Clinging to bitterness postpones happiness. A friend of mine, I can tell you right now, life is short and time is fleeting. Today is the day to forgive. This is the appointed time. I know the Holy Spirit's where you are. I know He's working. I know He's speaking to you. And if this is an area in your life that you haven't dealt with, it's high time that we deal with it. The day is far spent. The night is coming. And friend of mine, this is the time. This is the hour. God wants to send a mighty revival to His church, and a mighty revival through His church to this lost and dying world. And the Scripture is clear. It's going to be, going to be initiated when we 
get truly right with God. That's why David said in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You see, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We can even quench the Holy Spirit if we continue in bitterness, if we continue in unforgiveness. Someone said unforgiveness is drinking poison and hoping your enemy will die. No, friend, I can't afford that. You, friend, must not think that you can afford that. Once you once you taste grace, once God, for Jesus' sake, forgives you, we are obligated, we owe it to others to forgive them. I love the story, true story, in the testimony of Corey Tin Boom, who suffered uh, uh, untold misery and 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 all kinds of of persecutions in Ravensbrück concentration camp during World War II. Her sister died in that prison camp. She watched her sister die, and her sister's last words to Corey was, Corey, don't hate. Don't hate. You see, the enemy wants to get this seed in us of unforgiveness. He wants us to hate. He wants us to stay full of bitterness. Remember the bitter waters that they could not drink because it was poisoned and it was bitter And the antidote for the bitter water was a piece of wood representing the cross upon which Christ one day would die. The wood and the man hanging impaled on that wooden cross. Oh, friend of mine, turn bitter waters to sweet. Today, today, this very day, the enemy is working overtime and too many Christians are being deceived by him. There are too many roots of bitterness in the hearts of God's people when we are told when you stand praying and people are going to seminars on faith and, and prayer, prayer retreats and, and prayer conferences. And friend, if we don't get down to the, and I'm going to just say down to the nitty gritty, if we don't get down to where the rubber really meets the road and realize there's more to prayer than faith, there's more than petition, there is these attitudes of the heart. And we need to get them dealt with and not let the enemy get an inroad to get us turned wrong with God. I can't afford it. I just cannot afford it. If God... For Jesus' sake forgave you and me, and he did for Jesus' sake. So ought we to forgive one another. That word ought means owe to. This is something we owe everyone that has ever wronged us or ever will wrong us in any way and any measure. You know, Nelson Mandela spent years in prison being persecuted. And here's what he said. He said, as I walked out of the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Oh, I want to I read that quote to you again. As I walked out the door toward the gate 
that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in a prison. I want to ask you a question today. Are you in a prison of bitterness where there's no real freedom, there's no real joy, there's no real peace in your life? And are you are you really continuing to stay bitter because you're blaming someone for your bitterness? Listen, the reason Christians in particular are still bitter is because we have not obeyed our Master and His example to forgive. On the tree in agony, Jesus cried. He gasped. It was hard for Him to speak because He was slowly being smothered to death as well as bleeding out and as well as the shock and trauma from the pain and the beating He had been through. But He used His breath to pray to the Father for those who had put Him on the cross, those that were taking sick pleasure in His pain. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't understand. They don't really see what they need to see. Oh, friend, today we see, we see clearly what He did for us and why He did it. And we need to follow His example. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, And be ye imitators, literally followers. The word here is imitator. Be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love, even as Jesus Christ. Walking in love entails walking in forgiveness. John R. Rice said this statement about this. He said, boil down to its essence. Unforgiveness is hatred. You see, unforgiveness will allow a, this, this root of bitterness to grow up into a tree of hatred in our life. And hatred and the love of God are incompatible. There's no way to just love the people who love us and not love our enemies. And yet Jesus taught to, oh friend, it's easy to love a lovable person. Someone who's not only never harmed us, but always there to help us. But where we really have to use our faith and use our devotion is when we are told by Christ to forgive our enemy, to pray for those that despitefully use us. Instead of just hold that in. There's a, a Disney movie called Frozen. And I remember my, my granddaughter watched it. And she knew that song. That song, probably a lot of parents got so sick of hearing it. But but Christians ought to sing it with, with put a Christian spin on it. I know it's copyrighted. Don't mess with the mouse. Amen. The mouse will get you. I, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about let it go. Let it go. Let it it go it's see when you forgive you 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 come out of that prison of bitterness when you forgive uh, this is toxic to your mind it's toxic to your body it's toxic to your faith toxic to your peace and toxic to your joy and it interrupts 
that clear avenue for God to hear and answer our prayer. And I think it's time to put the devil out of business. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible said in the pattern prayer once again, it said, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. If we do not forgive men, Jesus taught, their trespasses, God will not forgive us our trespasses. He cannot, for the lawgiver, spiritual law here, cannot and will not be the lawbreaker. And today, I want to be right with God. I've got to have my prayers answered. Not only for my sake and my family, but for those who call me and say, Pastor Venable, would you pray for this? Would you pray for that? There's a desperate need. Would you pray? Could you pray? Will you pray? Oh, friend. God says through the prophet in the old covenant, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. Oh, friend, let's get this right. Let's see a mighty move of God in this last day. Just before Jesus comes, let's see a mighty revival. God responding and answering prayer. Come back next week, will you? And let's talk about Jesus.